0: Welcome to our podcast, How Would You Beat? In each episode, we pick a company and talk about how you could use jobs-to-be-done innovation methods to beat that company's product. We'll discuss innovation theory and explain the methods so you can put the theory into practice at your company. I'm Jay Haynes, the founder and CEO of Thrive. That's Thrive without the vowels, THRV.com. We help product marketing and sales teams use jobs-to-be-done innovation methods to build, market, and sell great products. I'm here with my colleague, Jared Ranieri. So this week, we're going to focus on Comcast. Comcast, of course, is a huge company. Um, They have a market cap of almost $250 billion. That's a quarter of a trillion dollar market cap. And they have annual revenue of over a hundred billion dollars. They own Xfinity, of course, which uh, is their broadband service provider, uh, which is about half their revenue, and they own other properties like NBC Universal as well. So today, we're going to talk specifically about how you would beat Xfinity, their broadband service. And this is an interesting question is jobs to be done even useful in these types of markets where you've got effectively a regional monopoly, and you've got a lot of regulatory authority in who can compete with Comcast. Uh, Comcast also has some of the lowest customer satisfaction uh, rankings in the cable industry, which is not known for its high customer satisfaction. So So it seems like there would be a lot of opportunity to beat Comcast because you've got such low customer satisfaction. Uh, They've also violated net neutrality practices in the past. They have plans to cap data, so they don't seem to be a particularly customer focused company. And interestingly, the United States ranks 10th in the world on internet speed behind countries like South Korea, Norway, Sweden and Switzerland. So it seemed like there was a lot of opportunity to beat Comcast, specifically their Xfinity service. So could you use jobs to be done and jobs theory to beat Comcast if you were going after their Xfinity service?
1: Well, where we're going to start is trying to figure out what the market is. In other words, who is the key customer and what are the jobs uh, at play in this market? Um, To remind you, uh, the job is the job beneficiary, the customer is the job beneficiary, the person who benefits from getting the job done, and the job is the goal that the customer is trying to achieve, independent of any technology or solution. And so, if you look at uh, Xfinity, uh, the customer is pretty straightforward. It's it's consumers of all kinds. What is the job? Uh, When you think about this market as uh, broadband service, it it really makes the job rather narrow. And you start to see why it's so hard to compete with Comcast and why they would have a regional monopoly. Because uh, they own all the cables that provide broadband service. They laid the infrastructure. It's incredibly expensive to lay your own infrastructure. And in many cases, as Jay mentioned, it's regulated. But that's probably not the job because it's so solution-dependent. Broadband service is a technology for some other goal that you're trying to achieve. And so why do we want that broadband service? Well, uh, we probably want access to the internet. We want fast uh, internet speeds. But internet is a technology too, Jay. So so what do we do there? Is that a fair job to be done to define? Yeah, that's great. I I think there are what you could consider to be platform
0: level jobs. Um, And new markets are often created with new platforms. So for example, the aircraft is a great example, you know, no one needed to ensure aircraft, airworthiness before there were aircraft. Um, And certainly, that could change, there could be new technologies, um, faster trains that replaced, you know, airlines. Um, But when there is a platform like the internet, and there are jobs associated to it, you can still use the same framework and thinking, to focus on the customers. And in this case, I think you are right. I think the job here is to access the internet access a network. Uh, And that that does bring up really interesting questions about how do you go about that um, as as a society, not just as individual competitors. Uh, Because the theory here, of course, when you have these regulated monopolies, is you're not going to have 50 different internet providers in a single market uh, in a single region. Uh, just because the capital expense to lay all of the cable you know initially copper, but then to lay uh, fiber optics is is very expensive, so what people are willing to pay, you have to get some sort of return on that investment, so you 're not going to have fifty people build uh, different fiber optic networks and and nor should you really want to have society spend all of its money building fifty different fiber optic networks when one will do. Um, and that's very different than if you're competing building software, you could absolutely have 50 different software companies all writing very similar applications and, um, and have them all compete. So it brings up a ton of questions. Um, and the way I think to think about this is, Certainly, you've got different beneficiaries. And the the end beneficiary, of course, in this case, is a consumer or business who's trying to access the network. So yes, that's what that's what they're absolutely trying to do. But in this case, you also have government uh, that has jobs to get done. So what they want, governments obviously want competitors to enter markets to to do things like lower price on different products and services, you know, broadband being a good example. Um, but they've also got to configure figure out how to allocate public resources. So, you know, good example: you're not going to have 50 different companies coming through your neighborhood digging up to you know lay their own fiber optic networks. Um, that would be you know a problem. So, the government's trying to determine uh, who should have these rights and what they should pay for them. You know, et cetera. Now, one of the problems in this situation is how do you go forward once you have a company that has the monopoly to keep them competitive and that's what i think the question jared you're bringing up which is really interesting so we've got this technology which is either put copper or fiber optic in a ground to get people accessing the internet but are there other technologies that could get that same
1: job done that are emerging Right, and we are seeing some competitors explore that area and launch new services using new technologies. So we've got Starry Internet, which is a Boston-area company uh, that's basically piggybacking off of satellite networks, as far as I understand. In fact, they're complica- their technology is rather complicated, but it's a new way to deliver Internet that's very fast um, and inexpensive, and they're trying to provide excellent customer service, and they have a pretty high valuation. You also have Starlink, which is uh, SpaceX's new satellite Internet network, and that's you know competing with the same technology as something like DirecTV, but evidently, uh, they're able to put more satellites in the, in space and provide much higher speeds. When you look at Starlink's tagline for their beta, they're calling it the uh, the internet that's better than nothing. So why is that? Like, what, <laughs> why do I want just better than nothing? Uh, you know, wh- how does that connect to getting the job done? Better, yeah. right? Uh, yeah, that's a great question. I don't understand. <laughs> that's a great question. Well, I think
0: you've got a few things going on there. One is, um, as Clay Christensen like to say, uh, it's non-consumption. So where the price of getting the job done today is, or just even the technology available to get the job done uh, makes it so hard that people don't even try. And that's where I think you have non-consumption. I think that's really what they're targeting there is like people who don't have internet access or very, very slow internet access. Uh, you know, they don't have any broadband opportunities. And I, I have some experience with this in rural parts of California where there really just wasn't any internet. Uh, we were out there at one point, you know, years ago, we'd have to use 3G and Uh, which, as you may remember, was not very fast, Um, and then uh, have an antenna to amplify it, just to try and get, you know, access to get email, let alone, like, streaming, you know, Netflix. So uh, in that case, I think that that really is a non-consumption opportunity. Um, And it also is a segmentation opportunity. analysis where people just um, can't get the job done because they also can't afford it. So can you build new technologies uh, that lower the price and increase the speeds and then essentially compete with Comcast through a a different route, Uh, you'd be targeting those consumers who are not Comcast customers. But then eventually, you know, this could be uh, something that follows the disruption lines. And, you know, people may remember, disruption is where you come into a market and your technology is initially worse. And you're targeting the low end of the market. And then it over time, it gets better. So if these satellite, you know, if initially they're targeting these non-consumers, but then satellite technology gets better and better and better, then they offer direct competitor to Comcast. You know, at, at my home, we can only get Comcast. There is no alternative. And I can say from my own customer satisfaction, if they ask me to fill out a survey. Survey, I would give it a very low customer satisfaction. Uh, so not surprising. Um, and, and that also does bring up an interesting question about these utilities and the jobs they're trying to get done because Comcast on uh, one part, of course, they are trying to uh, get me onto the internet. So they're targeting their customers. Um, but they also are targeting their shareholders. A company is trying to create returns for its shareholders. So in that case, they really do need uh, to to straddle this providing returns for shareholders as well as um, providing the the customer value to their customers. So how should they navigate that tension? That's actually a very interesting question.
1: Yeah, and, and every company is trying to do that to some extent, right? They, every company has shareholders, whether it be – Uh, in the public markets or the private investors or just the company owners, you know, without getting outside capital. There are shareholders in every single company and everybody's trying to create equity value. And so the question is, what is the best opportunity to do so? And it seems like in the Xfinity part of their business anyways, Comcast is taking a defensive posture. You know, there's an example that Jay brought up uh, in Chattanooga, Tennessee, where they tried to provide their own internet and Comcast sued them for doing so uh, because they were infringing upon uh, the the fiber optic land, I guess, that they owned. It's a pretty complicated case. But when you start suing your competitors, that's clearly a defensive posture. In in, in one sense, you can say like they're giving up on trying to get the job done better and they're just trying to protect their turf. And, And it's viable in this industry because... Unlike other markets that we've looked at where you can pick one need or one job step, right? Essentially one piece of the job to get done better than the competition and grow from there there's a barrier to entry in the internet access job. You can't just do the payment job, but part of that job, but not provide internet service, right? You can't do the onboarding part of provide internet access without actually streaming data back and forth um, across your internet, across your network. Uh, So in order to enter the job at all requires this significant investment of either uh, finding your own fiber optic situation, laying your own infrastructure creating a new technology and that's where this defensive posture comes from so what happens next is is that all that comcast can do to to return equity value to shareholders is to have a defensive posture and keep competitors at bay who might be doing interesting and providing better service uh for their customers yeah that's a great
0: question and that that comes up with Uh, you know, in platform situations all the time, uh, what, what additional jobs can you get done with the platform. And I think that's exactly what you see with Comcast, you know, they're buying NBC Universal, because they realize, hey, we've got this platform. And this is where people are going to pay for more products and services, essentially for entertainment products and services. And you see this across platforms. So even Apple uh, of course, which is making an operating system and a phone, which is a platform. Um, if you look at the number of apps that they're now building themselves, they're building, you know, exercise apps, they're, they're now building, you know, content, they have Apple TV with, you know, Jennifer Aniston, which is which is very bizarre, if you think about <laughs> Apple's history that they're now making TV shows. Um, So should they do that? Well, it's an interesting question. I mean, Jared, you're talking about, you know, returns to shareholders, of course, companies just have to keep returning uh, to shareholders, you know, and they have to create equity value. uh, Because at some point, if they don't, they go out of business. But do we really want that as a society? And that's a that's kind of a bigger question, you know, answering today. Uh but I can give you a specific example in California that led to really bad consequences. And that's obviously PGE. So PGE is a utility, and I think you can make a, a serious argument that, you know, access to the internet is a utility uh level. Um, playing field, like you don't want people to not have electricity and you don't want people to not have access to the internet. But what happened with PG&E, of course, is it became a uh, shareholder owned utility. And then because they part of generating returns to shareholders is returning them cash in the form of dividends. So PGE, of course, uh, in order to stay competitive in the capital markets was taking cash and, you know, just distributing out to the debt holders and to the shareholders and what they didn't do is upgrade the safety of our infrastructure here in California to deal with climate change. So as soon as we had like the right conditions, it just set off and it's been doing it for years now, setting off fires across the country. Now, they went bankrupt. So PG&E did, they were liable and they set fires that caused enormous damages, burned down entire towns. And as a result, they went bankrupt. But what they didn't do is go collect all that cash back from all those dividends and debt payments they've been making over the years and say, Okay, now we're going to invest that in this new infrastructure, they can just declare bankruptcy. And you know, it wipes out their shareholders, but they get to keep going. And so that is that is a bigger question, what happens with these platforms, because you see it happening all the time I mean, Apple's doing it, Amazon's doing it, you know, anybody with a platform is going to try and get more jobs done on that platform. Now, is that the better way to do it or do we want more companies getting those jobs done, you know, more competitively? That's a good question.
1: Yeah. I think the, the utility example is really fascinating uh, because it goes back to that idea of what jobs are government trying to get done. And one of the key jobs that government needs to occur is economic productivity, right? They need to uh, basically optimize or in- increase the economic productivity of um a nation or a state, right? Some sovereign state, and the reason they want to do that is because that's the how they collect taxes. The more money that everybody earns, the more tax revenue goes into the government. The more services they can provide. It's a it's a beneficent cycle, uh, and so if when something becomes vital to economic productivity, it then becomes in the government's interest to support that and make sure it doesn't fail. Electricity is pretty obvious in that regard. Without power, we can't do most of the work that's done in any industry. And in the pandemic, we're seeing that that's even more true uh around the internet, not more true than electricity because you can't have a uh, you can't have the internet without electricity yeah. Yeah. but it's also true for the internet right there there are many industries right now that are working from home and without internet in the home um, they the industries have basically come to a standstill school is now relying on the internet so you can't educate your society you can't have a society that works and if those two things stop, your economic output goes to basically zero. And so now, you, if your government's going to try to get that job done, they're going to try to provide a solution to this internet access problem if it's not working out um, from private companies. So perhaps the best way, uh, the, the most fierce competitor... To something like Comcast is going to be the government.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting question. Um, and do we, you know, what is the role of government and, you know, how do they figure out these complicated problems? And, you know, I, I don't think having uh, the government necessarily be the provider of the services, you know, always works out well. <laughs> In the extreme case, you know, you get the, the Soviet Union. Um, but, but i do think there's a role the way jobs to be done can help us figure this out which is essentially what we're asking is if you're to compete with comcast because clearly I think the world needs a better you know service than Comcast and I think you're right in in a pandemic where everybody's working from home people are doing school from home you know cetera. we're just like incredibly dependent on being online and being connected and in some ways it's even better like if this shifts the society to not commuting as much and not traveling as much to meetings and we do everything through you know zoom and. Uh, you know Microsoft Teams and you know Google Meet and whatever, whatever their applications. That's fantastic because it lowers our carbon output. So, so that could be you know a a, a good long term benefit. Um, but then the question is, so how do you beat Comcast? Like they just have this entrenched, you know, fifty billion dollar, you know, monopoly in Xfinity. And I think you're right. One way is new technology. If there's satellite, 5G is coming. Now 5G still needs to connect to fiber networks. And obviously 5G travels about 250 feet relative to 4G, which, you know, wirelessly travels much farther. Um, Then what do you do from a competitor standpoint? So there can be technologies like you talked about, or it also can be Um, helping the government rethink these platforms, and allowing different type of competition. Um, and I can speak from personal experience. I would absolutely love competition. My, my street literally has some infrastructure Comcast problem that they just refuse to fix. We've had network guys out here or whatever, trying to fix this and they've identified it's at the street level and Comcast has recognized it, but you know, they're not motivated to fix it. I can't go anywhere. So I just have to put up with it. Yeah. So that is where you really do want to think through, um, you know, the jobs that government is trying to do as well as the jobs that, um, the, the individual companies are trying to do. Yeah, great. Well, I think there's, you know, a lot of different topics we could dive into and um, that come out of this discussion. But I think just in conclusion, if you were to try and be Comcast, you could do it from a technology standpoint. And that would be great if there's new technologies that just make them direct competitors to Comcast, like 5g or satellite or some combination. Um, and you could still use Jobs To Be Done to look at those. You want to figure out what the, what the core underlying job of accessing the Internet, and that's a very complicated job. Um, and then the other is to think about the role of government and the job governments are trying to get done. Thanks for listening to our How Would You Beat podcast. Visit us at Thrive.com, that's T-H-R-V.com, to get our free how-to guides and try our Jobs To Be Done software for free.